When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross. With Jimmy and Sean, sell pills for your dumb. Make a fantastic song. Make a fantastic song. Sorry, forgot to turn the volume Is on. Melissa Don't in here? It. Don't sell it. Hey. Where is she? Don't even sell it. Uh-huh. I don't normally have that computer on. Well, we're back. Rockin' <laughs> Ross Sapp and Jimmy Jam Vanderlinden here for the list of your boy. It's number 106. Get back in the ditch where you belong, Nigel. <laughs> hey, Sean, so guess what? Hmm? Guess what? So we're doing this on January 16th, right? Yeah. Guess what, man? What? You you are being credited today, January 16th. You, Sean Ross App, are being credited with reporting that the Revival have asked for the WWE release. Congratulations, oh, Sean. It's so frustrating. You're, You're being gonna, credited with that big news story, man. What's going to happen, man? They're going to passively, aggressively treat, tweet me when it, it's real. <laughs> what happened. I'll go ahead and get into it, guys. Yeah, explain I, it. I posted this on Fightful Select early. I did not say they asked for their release. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. What I reported was that this morning I was told and followed up with uh, people, especially on the SmackDown side, uh, saying we have reason to believe that they are quitting or are finishing up, and WWE is very fearful of that for the obvious reasons, Jimmy. Now, we're going to get the responses. Well, they don't care. They don't care about the revival. Yeah, they care. They care. They don't want the revival going anywhere they else. They have no tag teams. They have no tag teams, no no over tag teams, and that's their own fault. Yep. Absolutely. I did not report that they asked for a release. I did not say that. Maybe they did. I was not involved in that conversation, and I will not pretend that I was. Uh, I have a lot of people that will always be like, Oh, you take pride in not knowing. I'm not supposed to know everything. <laughs> Do you take pride in not knowing anything, Sean? I take pride in not pretending that I know everything <laughs> is, is what I do because I think it's horse shit when people act like know-it-alls about a situation where they don't know it all. I don't know it all. I know what I was told. Um, they were in line for a push, quote-unquote, to which one wrestler said, what does in line for a push even mean in WWE? It changes from a week-to-week basis. And... Yeah. Um, yeah, you know something, man? So so WWE, you know, the, the, the new Raw started a couple weeks ago, uh, and nothing has changed. Now, let me just say this, I, and we've talked about this before. There are the WWE lovers that want AEW to fail, because that's the mentality yeah. people have. There are the people that either they're disenchanted with WWE or they're fans of being the elite and the young bucks, and they think AEW is going to be the second coming of fucking Christ or something. I think that whether you're a WWE fan or not, you should want AEW to succeed because AEW will let a fire under WWE because WWE's producing shit. And we're gonna get into we're gonna get into the Mandy Rose thing, Sean, because fuck. (laughs) 
SmackDown yeah. this SmackDown this week. I think I lost brain cells watching the Mania Rose storyline. So we're going to get into that. AEW, you want them to succeed to light a fire under WWE, so that as a wrestling fan, you get a better product. And no, I just want to say right right now, Dash's pinned tweet is: One day we'll wrestle the Young Bucks, and everyone will rejoice. Remember this tweet that was on December third. Right. He has not tweeted since before this. Dash Wilder or. Uh, Scott Dawson has been a little more active. Uh, Trevor on Twitter at, uh, gosh, I don't know how to pronounce it, but S-O-D-U-T-W tweeted a screenshot of a trademark filing for hashtag FTR. You want to guess you, who filed that trademark? Yeah, well, you told me already. It was Wilder. Did you see the link I sent you? Yes, I did. And that's and, where that guy got that from, so you can yeah, go check and, that out. Uh, Pro Wrestling Unlimited, our, our good friends over there, have said there's no trademark filing for the revival, just the individual names. Oh, by the way, Scott Dawson used that name before WWE as well. There's a, there's a lot of moving parts here. Uh, obviously, there's a friendship between the revival and Young Bucks. Mm-hmm. The, the Young Bucks had like an inside joke, the hashtag FTR thing on being the elite when the revival were considered among the best tag teams in the world, and they are. But to them, that meant fuck the revival, and everybody got in on it. It was kind of funny. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was a nice gag. They could literally go over to AEW, be FTR, (laughs) and everybody will know who they are. And it would be a magnificent move. And the money that I'm hearing that is being thrown around for entry-level people like like what the revival are is very enticing. I will tell you off the air because it's not something I have a confirmation on, Jimmy. You mean in AEW? Yeah. Yeah, we're yeah. going to talk about AEW in a little bit. I've got some serious concerns about AEW, uh, and I've talked to you off the air about it. We'll get to that in a bit. I want to start by talking about the Royal Rumble, because this is another... Uh, Sean and I talk a lot off the air about stuff, where I'll say to him, hey, so-and-so reported this. And Sean, kudos to you, man. He always has you know feelers about different things. So uh, I, want to, I want to start with the Royal Rumble. So on Raw this week, Braun Strowman is out of the match. Uh, Finn Balor wins the Fatal 4-Way. I got to tell you that they kind of choreographed the finish by making him wrestle Jinder Mahal first, but that's uh, another story for another day. Wins Vince the fiddle- blew that. Yeah, Vince blew it, that. it was pretty obvious to me because why is he the only one you're singling out? But whatever. Finn Balor wins the Fatal 4-Way. He's going to get Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble for the Universal title. Uh, Dave Meltzer reported that uh, sometime after Crown Jewel, this man had already decided that it was going to be Finn Balor and Brock Lesnar at the Rumble. And that Braun Strowman was thrown in essentially for a bait and switch because they've got more tickets to sell because they're in a stadium this year. And Vincent Man thought Braun Strowman has more uh, uh, selling power than Finn Balor. And so he essentially advertised Braun knowing that he wanted Finn to be the guy. You were telling me, Sean, that you have heard something contradictory to what Meltzer has reported. What have you heard? So, I mean, Braun was planned. He was on internal documents was told to employees of WWE this was this was the plan last month. This was around Christmas time, I'm told. Christmas time. I mean, that's only like two, three weeks ago. Two weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, and I had people tell me this, and I was like, oh, well, maybe, maybe others knew. And then I reached out, and nobody had heard of that until now. And if nobody had heard of that till now, I don't know how that it can be said that that's, that's the plan. All due respect to Dave, but... I was here, I got information that as of Christmas, they were planning on Braun, uh, to be, to be cleared, and that was it. Now, to say that Vince McMahon's mind changed, it definitely did. That's what I was told, that they didn't want Braun to lose again. You know what's mind-boggling to me? What's mind-boggling is, so, 
in theory, they want to do Brock Seth Rollins at Mania, right? Yes. So in theory, Seth Rollins wins the Royal Rumble, unless they have the SmackDown Challenger win the Royal Rumble. Otherwise, Seth Rollins wins the Royal Rumble, and he's got Brock at WrestleMania. If he knew that months ago, why would you ever put Braun in the Rumble match when you don't want him to lose to Brock for a third time? So if you knew Rollins was your guy for Mania, why ever put Braun into the Rumble conversation? I'm glad in this situation that he kind of wised up and figured out, yeah, no, we don't want Braun to lose again. You want to talk about a guy that's been the victim of shitty booking, Sean? And this is, this is another thing that I really hope that AEW, I hope that some feathers get ruffled in WWE, and I hope that creative, maybe they get a light uh, lit under them for this. Braun Strowman, that poor guy, you go back to before WrestleMania last year, he was the man. Right? Yeah. He was the man. Roman Reigns was not the man in terms of who the fans were with. They were with Braun Strowman. Then what do they do? He picks a 10-year-old as his tag team partner at WrestleMania. Right, he does that. Then he's doing this thing where, hey, because I'm, uh, I'm, uh, you know, honorable, I'm not gonna attack you from behind to, uh, to cash in uh, Money in the Bank. Now I'm gonna stand at ringside, wait for you to get winded wrestling for 20 minutes, and then I'm gonna cash in Money in the Bank. So he looked it, stupid. Impromptu uh, stable that didn't yes. make any. Then he it, turned heel, and they turned him heel just to try to get Roman over. Basically, they turned him heel when he was at his peak. He teams up with two guys that he has absolutely nothing to do with. I even didn't like on Raw. Now, even though I found it kind of funny that he picked up the car door and tried to put it back on the limo, and that got a chuckle out of me, I didn't yeah. like the fact that as soon as Braun Strowman turned around when he was chasing Baron Corbin, and as soon as he turned around and he sees Vince McMahon, he backed up. You know what I mean? He backed up. And I watched and thinking to myself, come on, Stone Cold Steve Austin would have kicked him in the balls. What are that's, you doing backing true. up because it's Vince McMahon? I didn't like the whole thing, and and uh, it comes back again to, oh, everybody's so fearful of their jobs. In this environment, even though this is kayfabe in WWE land, in this environment, nobody's fearful of their job, Sean. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Having him it's, back it's up true. like that, I didn't like it. The whole thing was, eh. Yeah, the so poor guy's I'm, been the victim of bad booking. That's what it's been. To put a bow on what I was told, Braun was the plan around Christmas. The, their mind changed. It wasn't an all along thing. Like that would that would indicate that it's been the plan since November to switch to Balor. And they built several pay per view matches off of this. And Balor was involved in a pointless three way feud at that point. Braun has been so criminally misused. Really it's, bad. It's he is a perfect case of the old Paul Heyman method of accentuate the positives, hide the negatives. Do not have him out there doing whatever it is that he did last week. Right. I mean, if he wasn't cleared to, to for, for contact, don't put him in the ring looking like a coward, letting Brock walk around the ring and do nothing. It's so silly, man. I, and I and can... you know it's funny? When you look at Becky Lynch, who's like probably the hottest thing in all of WWE right now, that did not happen because of WWE. WWE wanted her to be a heel in the Charlotte Flair thing. That happened because the fans shit on that whole storyline, picked Becky over Charlotte, and WWE was kind of forced to, to roll with it. That's how that happened. Had nothing to do with WWE being this brilliant creative company. It was the fans that, that made that go in that direction. I think they did pivot uh, appropriately and they had no choice because every time she was out there as the heel, she was getting Becky chance by the whole crowd. They had no yeah. choice. And then you look at Ronda Rousey. Man, I'm going on a creative tangent today, Sean. You look at Ronda Rousey. Who, what, what, what happened? Something happened, and then you said, oh, they're turning her heel, and I said, I don't think so. I think it was when... Uh, you're right. Yeah, you were right. But what was it? Was it uh, when she... What did she do? Was it when she pushed the ladder over? Was that what it was? Yes, yes, yes. So she pushes the ladder over, because Becky and Charlotte are on the ladder. 
Sean and I are talking, and Sean said, oh, they turned her heel. I said, I don't think so, man, because Ronda Rousey's value to Vince McMahon, like, I just don't think they would go in that direction. And now here we are. I've said this for how long, Sean? They don't understand how she got over in UFC. They don't understand. Vince McMahon is not an MMA fan. Triple H is. Triple H needs to kick Vince in the ass and explain to him, this is why Ronda Rousey got over. It's because she was a badass. It's because she beat everybody in, in, in quick fashion. And it's because she was attractive. In WWE, she doesn't have the looks advantage because there's a, there's a, there's a sea of beautiful women in WWE. In WWE, she doesn't have the charisma advantage because there's a sea of charismatic girls in WWE. But what she has that they don't have is she has in-ring fighting skill. She has ability in terms of judo that nobody else on the roster has. They don't understand what they have with her, man. She did so good at WrestleMania last year, and when they did the stuff with Hunter on Raw, everybody ate it up. When she's throwing security guards around, everybody ate it up. When she's crawling around Nia Jax, because Nia Jax is bigger and getting arm bars and stuff, people eat it up. When she's selling for 10 minutes with Nikki Bella, are you fucking kidding me, Sean? WWE does not know how to book Ronda Rousey, and seeing her on Raw this week chasing Sasha Banks up the aisle because she's apologetic, you misunderstood me, wait, wait, you gotta talk to me, misunderstood me. They don't have a clue how to book Ronda Rousey. They don't have a clue. And they took a mainstream major box office celebrity and they turned her into any other girl on the roster. And that's embarrassing. And that's what happened. Man, Nigel, I'm going on a tangent this, this, you this were, afternoon. You were. So. <laughs> it's so frustrating. And you know why it's frustrating, man? I don't profess to be a creative genius. This is not rocket science. This isn't. You know, if you know how she got over, you roll with it. And they don't. And and they've dropped the ball. And it's really frustrating. I don't know what more I can say, man. I, I, I agree with that to, to some degree. I do like that she is able to put on showcase matches and hang Oh, no with question. No question. She, she's, definitely, she's definitely learned very quickly and gotten good really fast. You, you do also have those people that were always like, oh, well, it, it gets you. Why watch a Ronda Rousey fight when you can watch it on Vine, all that stuff? You You had those people, too. It's it's a it's a line to tiptoe. I'll tell you that. Very frustrating. I mean, she she was so unique when they brought her in because you can't take Sasha Banks and have her judo toss Triple H and have people accept it, right? It's not going to happen. You can't have Bailey go in the ring and I don't know. I'm trying to think of another wrestler, friggin' Heath Slater. You can't have Bailey go in the ring and judo throw Heath Slater and have the crowd really accept it. Ronda Rousey, they believe it, man. Because she yeah. was the UFC champion. She was the Olympic judo uh, judo fighter, wrestler, whatever you call her. They believe it. And so having herself for Nikki Bella was, was dog shit. Having her, you know, chasing Sasha Banks up the aisle looking for, you know, don't, don't misunderstand me. When this girl was flipping off all the fighters in the UFC not giving a shit about anybody, come on. It's, it's, really, it's really terrible. I don't know what they're paying her. It can't be cheap. And I, I just, they're, they're not maximizing their value out of her. And it's very frustrating. And this is why, again, if you're hardcore WWE, you want AEW to succeed because it should, in theory, improve the WWE product. And that's it. And I'm not hardcore one way or the other. I'm not going to be pro WWE and poop on them. I'm not going to be pro AEW and shit on WWE. I kind of call it as I see it. And it's very frustrating as a wrestling fan when you see this kind of shit. And so that's why, uh, that's why you want another group to succeed. I will say this, though. And you and I talked about this a little bit too. Corey Graves was on fire this week, man. I loved it. That guy made it. me freaking howl. Even in the, the main event when, when Cesaro went through that table and he goes, that was a nice track suit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to tell you, so when, when they showed Vincent Mann's office on Raw 
And at this point, they had just pulled Braun, right, from the match at that point. And they got all those wrestlers lined up outside Vince's office. And everybody's thinking, in theory, oh, they're lined up because they want to ask for the match with Brock Lesnar. The door opens. There comes Jerry Lawler. Obviously, they only had him there for the pop from the Memphis crowd. But Corey, within two seconds, was like, what, is it going to be Brock versus Jerry Lawler at the Royal Rumble? Yeah. And that just, I thought that was great. And uh, oh, he was on fire all night. He said a lot of really funny shit. He was one of the highlights of the week to me this week. Yeah, I thought he was excellent. He had a lot of a nice, nice, cunning stuff uh, that that was that was there. He uh, when he's able to go the way that he wants to go, I think that Corey Graves is is awesome. It's when they try yeah. to really homogenize him and make him manufactured. I think the same thing with Michael Cole. I think Michael Cole's really good when he's just Michael Cole. Yeah, Michael Cole to me is such a corporate kiss ass. Gosh. You know, Vince, you're the best, and everything you say is funny, and he comes off like... Now, i got to be honest with you. Like, I know certain people in the company that used to report to Michael Cole, yeah. and so they told me a lot of shit about Michael Cole, and so I can't help but look at him in kind of a negative light to a degree. But uh, Corey Graves, I realize the guy's earning a paycheck, and I realize if they tell him to say the big dog a hundred times on Raw, he's going to say the big dog a hundred times. And that's the aspect of Corey Graves that gets frustrating and irritating because he is an employee at the end of the day, and he's going to do what he's told. Yeah. But when they when they let him kind of roll with his uses humor and stuff, he's he's very good. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Best would they've agree. had actually, I think, in a long time as a color guy. Yeah, and they, they've had a number of color commentators who looked like they were going to be really promising, and then. Just didn't quite like it. Like you had Matt Stryker get a little too into little himself, too, just into himself, and yeah. Yeah. you had Mick Foley didn't like didn't like somebody in his ear. So yep. yeah, that'll happen. Yeah, Graves I think has been really good. Uh, should we talk about the Mandy Rose thing now? You want to do it now? Yeah, sure. Let's go ahead. So let me tell you this, and I and I've said this before. When I watch wrestling television with my wife, and my wife is a casual viewer, right? When yeah. I watch with her, and if she thinks something is ludicrous, it must really be ludicrous. Because she's a casual fan. My wife and I are watching uh, SmackDown this week. And when Jimmy Uso's walking down the hallway of that hotel, my wife starts howling, right? Yeah. And, I, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, oh, is she laughing because, I don't know, Jimmy's going for the bait in storyline? Yeah. No. No. She was laughing because there was very obviously light on him. Yeah. Uh, because there was very obviously a camera there, and they had to get a good shot of Jimmy Uso. So there was there was very obviously light shining on him as he walked down that hallway. And uh, that whole thing with me, uh, I don't even know where to start, Sean. Man, I don't know it's, where to it's start. frustrating. It's frustrating that a lot of people give that a pass, and they'll say, this is where you draw the line? Yeah, uh, this is where I draw the line. When announcers mention it, it means that they saw it. I see, yeah, right. And uh, I, I, I saw guys were kind of trolling you a little bit, saying suspension of disbelief. Uh-uh. And I'm glad that we have Nigel, who's got, like, production experience, because I want, I want his take. So uh, I'm going to try to start this as, as – as, okay. So <laughs> Vince McMahon, right, Nigel? Vince McMahon. Yeah. For decades, for decades, he has wanted WWE to be spoken in the same light as Hollywood Productions and as television shows, regular television shows. Okay. That's why he coined the phrase sports entertainment. That's why he did it, and that's why when somebody says wrestling, he doesn't like that word, and he cringes, and he says, that's what my dad did, because his dad was a wrestling promoter before him. Okay. Even though, in theory, it's the same thing, except now there's more lights and color and better gear and stuff, 
but it's still essentially the same thing, right? A lot of camera cuts from what I understand. No, 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 I'm just talking two guys in the ring okay. fighting over a, a, a title or fighting over an issue. Same thing as Dad did, it's just evolved, okay. right? So the problem with wrestling that makes it different from other shows is that on traditional television shows, the actor does not acknowledge the presence of a camera, right? On traditional television shows, you as a viewer think that you're kind of inside, you know, watching the story unfold with these actors, but they don't acknowledge the presence of the camera. The problem with pro wrestling is that wrestling, because it's more like sport, they do acknowledge the presence of a camera. They acknowledge it in promos when they look right into the camera. They acknowledge it in the ring during matches. They even have wrestlers backstage watching monitors, right, Sean? Like watching the monitors. Sideways. Right, right. So they clearly know there's a camera there, right? Right. The problem with, with WWE, and this is not just a WWE thing because like it, all the other promotions have done it at some point. You remember when Ric Flair was buried in the desert, Sean? Yeah. Remember that? So like other guys have done it, but the problem with WWE is that they acknowledge a camera when it's convenient to acknowledge a camera, right? When the storyline calls for them, maybe you're not supposed to acknowledge a camera, then they don't. But you can't have it both ways, right? right? So in my opinion, when you when you craft the storyline, you need to figure out how to show the viewers the angle if it's supposed to be secret. Like, you need to figure out a way to show it to them. So on, on SmackDown this week, Mandy Rose, this girl Mandy Rose, has an issue with another wrestler named Naomi. Naomi's married to a wrestler named Jimmy Uso. So Mandy Rose is thinking, I'm going to split up their marriage by seducing Jimmy Uso, Right. So there's a segment backstage where Manny Rose is talking to her friend Sonya Deville, revealing her plan that I'm going to screw with Jimmy Uso. The problem is they did it standing like they always do, where one of them is here and one of them is here. And even though they're like next to each other, they kind of look forward because they got to get a good camera shot, right? Yeah. And there's clearly proper lighting on them because there's clearly a camera there, right? right? But she secretly reveals her plan, the Jimmy Uso. That was dumb, but I could kind of get past that. Sean, the hotel room, Sean. Yeah. That's where I kind of lost my shit. So so Mandy Rose is in the hotel room with Jimmy Uso doing the same thing where they're kind of standing side by side. You know what I mean? Yeah. With the proper lighting and stuff because they're clearly on camera. And she's telling Jimmy Uso, I'm going to fuck with your marriage and blah, 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 blah. Then a door opens in the back and a photographer runs in and starts taking pictures of him. <laughs> And that camera, they acknowledge. They acknowledge that camera. And Mandy Rose says to Jimmy Uso, oh, as soon as your wife sees those pictures, that's going to be it for your marriage. Even though all Naomi has to do is watch the show, and it'll be clear to her that it's a setup. You know what I'm saying? They, in the same segment, ignored a camera and acknowledged a camera at the same time. They managed to somehow do that. It was so frustrating. It was really bad. It was really bad. If they want to do a storyline where stuff is being done in secret, and I know you talked about this on the post-Smackdown show, if they want to do it, they have to get creative. If they want, like you suggested, use surveillance footage. Yeah, like found footage type stuff. Or something like that. Or do something. Like I think you suggested, Sean, that like Mandy Rose would have a, 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 a hidden camera set up and then she could show the footage after something. Get creative, but instead all they do is they go from point A to point B storyline-wise. And then the execution is where it lacks. Somebody tweeted me and they said, well, uh, being the elite does it all the time. And my reaction to them was, that doesn't make it good. Because again, I realized that there are people that love the Young Bucks and Cody and they think that they're friggin' saints, right? Just yeah. because they do it doesn't make it good. But the Mandy Rose thing was, oh my God, was it bad. It was one of the worst 
as far as you know, you acknowledged it and you didn't at the same time. One of the worst things I've ever seen on WWE television. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like that, man. It was too inconsistent. And when people say, oh, it's not Masterpiece Theater, I, I don't give a shit. Just because you all hold it to such a low standard it doesn't was mean that I have to. Yeah, it was bad. I mean, there, it's, it's one thing to suspend disbelief, which is what a lot of the pro-WWE people are saying. It's yeah. another thing to uh, insult the intelligence of the viewer. Yeah. And again, when my wife, the casual fan, is chuckling at how ludicrous this is, and that's the casual fan that doesn't think as much about it as like the hardcore wrestling fan does, that tells you how dumb the whole thing was. Yeah. And man, was it stupid. So, okay, I'm done venting for the, for the week. You did. You <laughs> vented. It's just very frustrating as a wrestling fan. I want WWE to do well. I want to watch the show every week. I want it to be entertaining. I don't want... AEW to die. I don't want them to die. I want them both to succeed. It's good for the fan base and it's good for the wrestlers. How much of this dog shit can you watch? <laughs> you know, it's so heavy. It, gets, it gets frustrating, man. It is. It is frustrating because is. you have all these people that are being paid to write compelling TV, and part of compelling TV is making sense of things. And one yes. of the caveats of the Mandy Rose Naomi storyline: Mandy Rose showing up in a towel and disrobing. Wearing more, wearing more stuff than she does in the ring. Same with Alexa. She, so one of, one of the caveats of that when there were complaints <laughs> about the Alexa Bliss thing were, well, at least Mandy Rose is in a storyline and it makes sense. And I was like, okay, yeah. And it made sense until last night. Yeah, I mean, at least they're trying to do something with her, right? I mean, you, you look at her and she very clearly is the Vince McMahon type. You know, she's the Trish Stratus-esque Vince McMahon type. And he tends to push those those girls. But, uh, oh, it was just really, it was embarrassing. Well, was. somebody else who's trying to do something is, wow, women of wrestling on access. I spoke to their creator and glow creator, David McClain, ahead of their launch this Friday. How did this deal come about? Did you contact them? Did they contact you? I mean, wrestling programming uh, on television is at a premium right now. I mean, you have a lot of people trying to get into the game. And here comes uh, wow wrestling. Well, um, I'm blessed with great partner, Jeannie Buss. I'm blessed with a great trainer, Selena Majors, who many in the South will remember as Bambi. I'm blessed with so many good wrestlers. And, and when we decided to bring Wild back, you know, Jeannie Buss and I were on the exact same page with respects how to do it to do it slowly, to do it methodically, and to bring it back so that the brand could live and females would have a platform to wrestle long-term. And to that extent, we look for a marketing partner versus just a television outlet. And that's a key difference in vision. We looked for someone that was going to embrace WOW in the women wrestling. And Mark Cuban does. He likes wrestling. He's participated in wrestling. His president, Andrew Simon, nobody knows more about, well, this is right up your alley, fighting, MMA, uh, boxing, and wrestling. Uh, I challenge anyone to know more than Andrew Simon. And your audience would appreciate that. How about um, the Los Angeles Lakers and the Dallas Mavericks coming together for, for the sake of pro wrestling? Jeannie Buss and Mark Cuban? <laughs> Natural rivals there. 
Exactly. And uh, by the way, the Mavericks have played here twice at the Staples Center, and Mark's there, and we say hello to him in the hallway, but we don't talk on the night of games. <laughs> so <laughs> it's strictly basketball, and both are competitors in that respect. So the 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 joining of the bridge, if you will, is professional wrestling, and wow. So I'm very blessed and fortunate. Respectful of how it came about, um, we were fortunate enough when we brought the live events here to Los Angeles that MGM Studios, who produces um, Lucha Underground, read a big feature story on Genie Bus and Wow in the L.A. Times. And so we were very lucky that Mark Burnett immediately picked up the phone. And Mark Burnett said, hey, we do Lucha Underground. You know, no one has done what you guys are doing on the female spectrum with female wrestling. I think we'd like to get involved. And subsequently, they are involved. They're a partner in GM Studios. And to the extent that they're going to produce some great programming for us for television and digital. Wow, Women of Wrestling premieres this Friday on Access After New Japan Pro Wrestling. I have that full interview up at youtube.com slash Fightful. And I have more on that on the Fightful Report podcast, which I published on Fightful Select just before this. I have more on the revival. I have more on uh, injury reports, contract updates. Also another little minor, minor scoop ski. Tomatonga told me today that his brother Hikileo is returning to New Japan Next month, he's been out for a year with injury. That full story at Fightful.com as well, Jimmy. Does New Japan take care of the guys when they're injured? I, I don't know. I mean, I see everybody asking about health insurance, health insurance. Somebody asked women of wrestling if they were doing health insurance. I'm like, they run eight dates a year. Mm-hmm. Why would they do that? That's so weird. I, I don't yeah. know. Maybe because they're a well television they I don't know. Uh, okay, before I get to the next topic, I just want to, I don't want to come off like a negative Nancy the whole, the whole show. So, Ray versus Andrade, that was a good match. Just thought yeah, it was amazing. It, it was, was really amazing. good. I didn't like that Selena Vega that they did the little distraction leading into the finish, but that was a good match. You know what else was interesting? Andrade won with the Randy Orton DDT. Yeah, well, What'd you think kind of, of that? It was a hammerlock DDT graping, yeah. It's very similar though, very, very similar. similar. Yeah, well, there's a hammerlock added. That was very interesting. Okay, let's talk about All Elite Wrestling, uh, AEW. Uh, I got some concerns, Sean. Okay. And, and we, we, we talked on the air about this. And again, I want them to succeed. I want WWE to have competition. It's going to be better for the wrestlers. It should be better in terms of the creative uh, product. I got some concerns. Uh, first and foremost, so Dave Meltzer reported last week in The Observer that Tony Khan will be the Vince McMahon of AEW. That is theoretically the plan, right? Uh, Tony Khan, of course, is the son of Shad Khan. Shad Khan's the money guy. He's the guy that owns the Jacksonville Jaguars and, uh, who is it? Fulham FC in the Premier League. Uh, so my concern with that is kind of twofold. First and foremost, say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply most he's not a wrestling guy tony khan he's a wrestling fan being a wrestling fan and being a wrestling guy are very very different and i remember sean showed me tweets from tony khan from 2011 sean i think when he was putting over ring of honor and he's putting over cesaro and shelton benjamin and because he's a lifelong wrestling fan uh to me because he is a wrestling fan more so than a wrestling guy that's why he's got active talent in executive positions and i'm not going to harp on this forever um, but I really disagree with the idea of putting active talent in executive positions. I've seen interviews with Cody Rhodes where he's been talking about the contracts of the guys, meaning that he's involved with negotiating contracts. To me, it is ludicrous to have active talent negotiating contracts with other wrestlers. It's, it's really, really poor business decisions, in my opinion. That's the first issue with uh, having Tony Khan be the Vince McMahon. The other issue is if you saw the scrum that he did the day of the rally, he himself said he has no free time. He said, oh, between like the, the Jaguars and between the football team, and he's got his other thing. What is it, Sean? Uh, an engineering yeah, company. Yeah, he's got a lot going on. True Media Networks. It's an engineering firm out of Boston. So he, he basically said he doesn't have a lot of free time. It's one thing if they're going to run one-off pay-per-views, right? Double or nothing in uh, May. Uh, they're going to do a show in Jacksonville after that. Oh, and I dropped my list. Wow. It's one thing if they're going to do one-off pay-per-views, Sean. Once the fall comes and they have weekly TV and the, the plan is to do a live weekly show, how can you be the Vince McMahon of the promotion if you don't have the time to run the promotion? And if you're going to leave things to active talent, I just don't see how that goes well. I just don't. I don't see how it goes well. Yeah, that that could cause an issue. I'm willing to see how it goes. But oh, for sure. We're going to do that, right? Yeah, but, but I mean, man, it's it is it does raise some questions. It does race. It's not what I would do. I, I told Nigel off the air. So uh, the development arm of my company is called Shazoo. Nigel's on the Shazoo team. And with all due respect to you, Nigel, I said to Nigel, would I ever bring in somebody for your team and say, okay, Nigel, go ahead and cut their deal. Go ahead. And I would never do that. Right? That's just, it's, it's just not the way you do it when he's a part of that team. You just don't do it. I saw an interview with Cody, I think it was part of the rally, when he was talking about Jericho's contract and the terms of Jericho's contract, meaning that he was clearly involved in negotiating Jericho's contract. That's a mistake. An active talent should not be involved yeah. in negotiating somebody else's contract. And I know some people might say, oh, but Kevin Nash was heavily involved in WCW. Kevin Nash was the booker. Ric Flair was the booker. Dusty Rhodes was the booker. Hogan was involved in creative. None of those guys negotiated somebody's contract. Maybe they, you know, gave him a little bit of nudging off on the side somewhere. Oh, ask yeah. Fish off for this, right? None of them sat in the boardroom and negotiated terms of a contract as an active member of the talent roster. I think it's a big mistake. Uh, the other issue that I have is uh, twofold. Number one, I think that they are giving too much money too fast. For a new promotion. Number two, I disagree with them allowing guys to continue working somewhere else. 
So for example, MJF, you and I talked about this, right? MJF is going to is going to continue uh, working for MJW or MLW for the remainder of his contract. Joe Janela is going to get to continue doing the spring break shows. What if MJF gets injured in a MLW ring? Cody Rhodes himself said in one of these interviews, "We will cover them if they're injured in an AEW ring." And those are his words. What if MJF gets injured in MLW uh, ring? What if Joe Janela gets injured on a spring break show? It's a mistake. How can you put emphasis on them on your weekly TV yeah. when you have that potential risk? You can't do it, right? Now, I, I will I will say this. Let me continue. I will say this. They're going to let Jericho keep doing New Japan, and they're going to let Omega, assuming they sign him, continue doing New Japan. To me, that is an exception that I would accept because AEW wants a partnership with New Japan, and New Japan wants to keep Omega, and they want to keep Jericho. So I understand that you would let them keep working there because you want that partnership, and that will help solidify it. So that's cool. But in terms of mid-card guys, signing them and putting them on your weekly TV when they're going to be allowed to work somewhere else, I would never do. I would never allow it. I just wouldn't. I don't know if that will be the case towards the time, assuming they get TV. I think that will probably be the end of that. But what do they stand to gain by doing that now? When uh, we know that Fightful alumni Chris Harrington is working for them now, and he's in charge of helping them with uh, money and making sure that they don't have too much going out before they have any coming in. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me cut you off on that. So Jericho at the rally... And I respect Chris Jericho. I think he's an honest guy. I think everything he talks about, he's truthful for the most part. But Jericho at the rally, did he not say, uh, Sean, I'm not doing this for the money. I already have money. Didn't he say that? Yes. Well, he he, he did say on his podcast, the money sure is nice. He told Chris Van Vliet, this is the most lucrative contract of my career. Yeah. I mean. He probably made, I bet you he probably made, when you consider what guys like Roman make as the top guy, because Jericho was never the top, top guy. Yeah. I bet you he made two and a half to three a year uh, in WWE. Now at 48 years old, he's being offered the most lucrative contract of his career. Plus on top of that, you know that Cody's probably getting seven figures. The Young Bucks are getting seven figures. Maybe Heyman Page is getting seven figures. And they haven't done anything yet. That's lunacy. I will say this, though. Tony Khan's got connections, right? Uh, not Tony Khan, Shad Khan. Shad Khan has connections yeah. as the owner of the Jaguars and the owner of the football team. Because of, of Shad Khan, they might be able to get that guaranteed TV deal. If they get the guaranteed TV deal, then you can kind of just accept it and say, fine, they've got heavy payroll, but they have the money coming in to offset it. Because we know WWE's pay ratio with their talent is dog shit based on what they make. Yeah. And so if AEW gets a guaranteed TV deal, they can afford these contracts. But the fact that they would be, their payroll's already got to be eight figures, Sean. If they're not running an event until May, and they might not run any other event outside of the summer Jacksonville event until September. It really doesn't stand them any positive ground to say, hey, MJF. Well, MJF had a deal anyway. But to say, oh, we don't want you working here. Joey Janela, I know you're out with a knee injury, but don't run your spring break shows and don't run Lost in New York again. They stand to gain no goodwill that way. Oh, no, for sure. For sure. But here's the problem, though. When they did the press conference, Cody didn't say they can keep working these until we get weekly TV. That's not what he said. It's very much like how Brandy Rhodes said, oh, the pay is going to be equal between men and women. She didn't clarify, well, okay, fine, if you're coming in as a new entry-level person, but Jericho is not going to make you know the same as Britt Baker kind of thing. Cody did not say they can, they can work this stuff until we get weekly TV. All he said is, oh, they can keep doing it. He can keep doing spring break. Jericho can keep doing the cruise. 
we'll see how it ends up. I mean, I've I've reached out to uh on the service, I feel like they're making a lot of a lot of mistakes. Yeah. We'll see what happens. It feels like WCW, doesn't it? Where they have like this money guy I don't want to say what it seems like yet. I mean, there are a lot of parallels. No, I'm just obviously. saying at this early stage, it feels like, and you know it does. It feels like WCW. Yeah. So I, mean, I really, I really hope, I really hope that they announce, hey, TNT, we just signed a guaranteed deal, hundred million a year. I hope that we see that. And if we see that, if we see that, awesome. Give Jericho, you know, three million a year to do part time, whatever it is. But yeah. if they don't get that deal, man, I don't know, bud. I don't know. You know, Jimmy, last week, I was silent when you asked me about Hulk Hogan. Didn't want to give him any more coverage. Yes. I just didn't want to. That was a lot of dead air, Sean. It was. I did it on purpose. And I didn't want to give it. I said that my my resolution was to be more suspenseful. But, yeah, that was our joke like a year ago. Yeah, but I think I've made a new one. Uh-oh. It's to be just less subtle. Less subtle. Less subtle. You want to be less subtle. Yes, less subtle. <laughs> Is that possible? So if you want a really hard penis, you should probably visit BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com will give you an erection. It will make your penis incredibly hard. It will increase your sexual performance when you're, when you're having sex. That's what it's there for. It brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work, but how about this one? It works better. It works faster and it's cheaper. Why does it work better and faster? Well, it's a chewable, so it gets in your system way faster. Why is it cheaper? Why is it better? Well, you don't have to go to the doctor in person. You do it online. Ship straight to your door. Discreet package. There will be nothing discreet about your really, really erect penis, though. (laughs) In fact... Well, hopefully it's within the discretion of your own home. I, I don't want anything unconsensual here, but there will be little subtlety about about what is erected there. And right now, you can get Blue Chew absolutely free. Just use that code FIGHTFUL. Pay $5 shipping, that's it. If that's, if that's your hang-up, well, I don't want a really hard penis because i got to pay $5 for shipping. I don't want better performance because of that. <coughs> I don't know what you're doing here. You should hit up Get Blue Chew on Twitter and say, you know what? I heard about how to get my penis hard via Sean Rossap of Fightful.com and listen to your boy podcast. It's blue like the color blue. B-L-U-E. Chew.com. Somebody named Skip Gordon said, uh, the chat's disappeared on me, so I have to uh, paraphrase. He said, I'm getting hard just thinking about you talking about Hulk Hogan. Hmm. Well... You get the feeling Hulk Hogan needs a little bit of help these days. Not uh, that there's anything you, wrong with that. Let me ask you this. So when Daniel Bryan was, uh, and this is something else we talked about off the air, the whole Daniel Bryan thing when he got his new contract. And you, Sean, were saying for quite a while, he's agreed to a new deal. He's agreed to a new deal. Everybody else uh, was saying, oh, he hasn't signed. He hasn't signed. And then, of course, he did. AJ Styles, he's going to be in the WWE title match at the Royal Rumble. Is it true that he does not have a new contract? I don't know if he does right now. As, a few, as of a few weeks ago, he didn't. But um, ooh, boy, you talk about—he couldn't have asked for better timing on that. Yeah, Hardy That's Boys are coming due soon too. What's that? Hardy Boys are coming due beginning of March. Although I'm, I'm told that both sides have agreed to verbally extend that, but it's hmm. an interesting time. 
I think AJ has fun in WWE. I don't think he's looking to go anywhere. I think he just wants a schedule reduction. And my gut tells me, given so, all of a sudden this leverage with AEW, that he's going to get whatever the hell he wants. So, he should. I mean, I, he is, yeah, he, he should. He should. He worked hard for a lot of years. He should. I agree. If he wants reduced dates, that should be fine. WWE has so much talent that they should have the ability to stack these house shows no matter who's on them. It's I their agree. own. It's their own problem, man. It's the reason why a lot of these people aren't live event draws is because they don't make them that interesting, quite frankly. That's very true. That's very true. All right, that's a perfect segue to let's go to Stupid People. This is a stupid song. It just goes on and on. You might find some meaning, but you would be wrong. Just dropped my mic pack. Good job. Yeah, but I think we're all right. So, you know, once a month I would say why we do Stupid People. I haven't done it in a couple months because I just forgot. So uh, so basically, this used to be called WWE's Excessive Usage of Stupid Nicknames, where we would talk about how many times they say the big dog and the boss and yeah. all this shit. Uh, it became redundant because nothing changed, but we liked uh, talking about stupid things, so we turned it into a Stupid People news segment, and we've been doing it ever since. And uh, every now and then, on rare occasions, somebody in the chat will say, Hey, Jimmy, don't you think that that's run its course? And my answer is no. Because <laughs> I like it, and it's funny, and it's amazing how much stupid shit there is out there, man. Oh, yeah. I could have had... So I always do three on the live show and three on Stupid People Extended for Fightful Select. I could have had a dozen today, Sean. Man. There was so much stupid shit going on in this universe. The Toronto Cops, Nigel, I didn't put in. I could have. Because there's been so much stupid shit. So this first one, reported by the Associated Press on January 11. Have you seen Bird Box, Sean? I have seen it. Oh, boy. <sighs> people are such sweethearts, man, that people would think to do this. So I'm sure everybody that listens to this show knows what Bird Box is. It's kind of like a quiet place. They're wearing blindfolds because they're not allowed to see what's going on. And after that became a hit on Netflix, people decided that they wanted to start doing a bird box challenge where they tried to complete tasks blindfolded because, of course, they did. Uh, there was a 17-year-old girl in Salt Lake City, Utah, Sean, and she decided to take the challenge while driving her car. Oh, really? Yeah. She decided, hey, that was a fun movie. I'm, I'm not surprised. Reasonable thing to do. I'm not surprised. Isn't this... Yeah, so uh, she... This happened. Uh, Netflix had to post a tweet saying, please stop doing this. So we got that too. So so basically, so to, so to end the story on this girl, so she drifted into oncoming traffic because she was blindfolded. She hit another car. Very lucky nobody died. And like Sean just said, Netflix was forced to post this on Twitter. Put that up, Nigel. Sure. They said, can't believe I have to say this, but please do not hurt yourselves with this bird box challenge. We don't know how this started. We appreciate the love. I think that's supposed to be boys and girls. Have just one wish for 2019, and it is that you not end up in the hospital due to memes. Man, the world we live in now, Sean. It's unbelievable. This next one, I have two SRS files for you this week, Sean. I got two. Ready. This first one was sent in by Stephen Bourne on Twitter, and it was reported by the Irish Examiner on January 16, and you might have saw this one because it went a little viral. So uh, according to the Irish Medical Journal... This is real because I did my due diligence. According to the Irish Medical Journal, a 33-year-old man sought medical attention for severe sudden-onset lower back pain. All right? They yep. did a physical exam, and they noticed that his right forearm was really swollen and inflamed. 
Got a picture of it. You have that picture, Nigel? Oh, yeah, I do. There it is. So his, his right forearm was really swollen and red and inflamed. They were trying to figure out uh, what's going on. So they asked the guy uh, what's going on with the forearm. He revealed uh, why his forearm was in that condition. Have you heard the story? Do you know why his forearm was all red and swollen and inflamed, Sean? Why? So he had had back pain for a long time. And he decided that he was going to try treating the back pain by injecting his own semen into himself. What the hell? So for 18 what, straight what? months. Oh, this really, whoa, yeah. What kind of healing powers? Does he have adamantium like semen? What's going on? He, he conjured it up in his brain. Like he just, in his brain thought this is a good idea. So he bought uh, hypodermic needles off the internet. And once a month, he basically did his business and then uh, injected himself with his own semen. And then what ended up happening is uh, on one of those injections, the semen got into the soft tissue in his arm. So I guess he was oh, trying to go for the beans, I guess. Got into the soft tissue in his arm and it caused that inflammation and everything. And it caused a lot of, uh, what do you call it, uh, fluid buildup. Yeah. No pun intended, Nigel. And this guy, probably because he was really embarrassed with the situation, he discharged himself from the hospital before they could drain the arm because they wanted to drain his arm. Well, we gave you a drink. Yeah, but he decided to discharge himself from the hospital first. What? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, he already discharged enough, I think. <laughs> Kudos to you. Yep. Uh, this boy. last one is also for the SRS file. Reported by Fox 13 out of Tampa, Florida on January 7th. So there's a 42-year-old woman out of Sarasota, Florida. Her name is Heather Carpenter. And she was a substitute teacher at an elementary school there. All right? Yeah. She had a disagreement with the principal of the school. The principal's name is Allison Foster. And Miss Miss Carpenter had a disagreement with the principal Foster. So the following weekend after this, the disagreement, Principal Foster organized a birthday party for her daughter in a park in Sarasota. Miss Carpenter's own kid was invited to the party, which is like a nice little side story to this. Her right. own daughter was invited to the party, right? Uh, apparently, Miss Carpenter was still pretty mad about whatever disagreement she had, and uh, she felt like she needed to do something to, to, to show that she was mad about whatever happened with Principal Foster. So what do you think she did? Oh, gosh, I don't know. Uh, the morning of the party, early morning of the party, she went to the to the park and she smeared her own shit all over the picnic tables and grills. <laughs> Keep in mind, a party that her kid was going to be at. Oh my god! She smeared the picnic tables and grills with her own shit. Uh, she was caught by uh, by somebody that was at the park that morning. She was wearing a surgical mask and rubber gloves <laughs> when she was found. So she got caught, and she now faces felony criminal mischief and property damage charges. Felony, Sean. Florida. Florida. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just a shocker that they fuck up so many elections, right? Man. You were talking about Pinellas County last week. I don't think this one touched Pinellas County Jail, but... Uh, Antonio Territory. It's something I would expect, expect out of a San Antonian. <laughs> There you go. Where's Kyler James from? San Antonio, but he agrees with he, me. I was going to just ask. He agrees with that? He's one of the good ones, yeah. All right. That's why I asked because I, I asked because I knew Kyler was in San Antonio. So, all right, let's move on. Uh, some news broke this week that I actually found kind of surprising. 
And yeah. uh, and I, I want to ask you if it ties into some other news. So World of Sport posted this on Twitter on January 15th. You have the screenshot, Nigel? Yes, I do. World of Sport posted this. WOS Wrestling is coming soon to India with D-Sport across Africa and with Star Times, in Poland with Fight Club, and around the world with Daily Motion, USA to be announced shortly. Now, this to me was a bit of a shocker because season one on ITV in the UK did not go well. Uh, the ratings weren't what they expected. They actually changed the time slot, which made the ratings worse. It kind of Season one kind of ended uh, in a whimper, and there was speculation that there wasn't going to be a season two. Now... Do you know if these TV deals that they've cut, is it for that season one footage or is it for a new season? I'm not sure. Okay. Can you find that out for me? Yeah, I can try to find out. Because what I'm wondering is, is it for a new season? Uh, and if so, I want to know, is this any response to WWE opening a performance center in the UK? Oh, yeah. That so, was a nice little thing that they dropped. It obviously doesn't look as high tech. Or uh, as uh, the the Orlando Performance Center, but it's good that they have a place there. It's yet another sure. brand for WWE expanding. Yeah, and actually that's that's my next topic. So you remember back uh, last year at WWE's Business Summit, right? They do it every year at WrestleMania week. Last year at their Business Summit, Triple H did a presentation, and at one point he included this graphic in the background of his presentation. Do you have that picture, Nigel? I thought I did. Hold on. If you don't oh, have it, yes, I'll just, I do. I do. Yeah. Okay. So this was his little graphic, and this is when WWE coined the term global localization, where their plan was to basically create NXT uh, divisions, essentially, in different places around the world. The reason I'm bringing this up is because here we are now, almost a year later, they officially opened the Performance Center in the UK. Uh, and while promoting the UK Performance Center, Triple H was interviewed by the Hindustan Times out of India, and this is a quote from that interview. I can say with certainty that there will be a performance center in India, there will be one in the Middle East, and maybe one in Latin America. We will be replicating this process over and over again. Now, obviously, if they're going to have new territories like NXT UK, that's going to mean they're going to need more wrestlers. Yes. Uh, and, and again, as we talked about off the air, these, this talent wars thing is fascinating, man. Yeah, it is. We haven't seen it in 20 years probably because towards the end of WCW, it wasn't happening a lot. And you got Ring of, Honor. Seen it. Ring of Honor's not lying down either. They're signing, no. signing a lot of really good international talent that will translate well to what they do Yep. because they don't have to sign Chris Jericho. Right. They need to sign people that will keep doing what it is that Ring of Honor does because Ring of Honor's not trying to be WCW or what, whatever that may be. So, uh, Or what AEW's trying to be. That's not Ring of Honor. But they will be competing for a lot of the same talent, only talent that can do what they do. It is a special time. That's why you see Ivelisse uh, petitioning for her release. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why you reported that the revival asked for the release from WWE. Oh, so let me ask you about this. So Ring of Honor announced this week that they've signed Rush. So Rush is a Mexican wrestler uh, at a CMLL in Mexico. He's done some shows with Ring of Honor in the past, and he's done some shows with MLW. And this is why I'm bringing up this whole talent wars thing. Because yeah. uh, Rush was supposed to appear on MLW's show on uh, April 4th called Rise of the Renegades against L.A. Park. Obviously, he's been pulled from the show because of his Ring of Honor contract. Court Bauer, uh, here's a quote from an interview with Court Bauer. He said, this is a match, meaning uh, Rush and L.A. Park. This is a match, an organization Rush wanted to be a part of, but sometimes politics get in the way. And that's what this comes down to, politics. Didn't sound like politics to me, man. It sounds like he got a guaranteed contract somewhere else. Is there more yeah. to it than that? Well, uh, are you... 
so the the situation that MLW said about Rush was that it wasn't Ring of Honor that pulled him from that show. Really? Was it CML? I, I believe so. If if I'm correct, assuming. I mean, yesterday and today's been wild. So maybe CMLL, but okay. CMLL does work with Ring of Honor in New Japan, so okay. it would make sense in this talent war that they would do that. Okay. Well, what have you heard about Shane Strickland? He's a free agent. And I thought WWE wanted him. They do want him, but there were some issues regarding Lucha Underground that may have prevented that. And now he says on Twitter he's a free agent. Joey Ryan has said on Twitter that everybody in Lucha Underground was – we're told if they weren't season four, they'd be issued their release if they wish. Lucha Underground's putting it all on Dorian Rolden and all that stuff, and he's got a bad track record of that. There are some of these people who might be locked up a long time. And, I mean, it's a standard TV thing to sign people to contracts like this, but, mm-hmm. man, it's it's a messy situation now. And like I was telling you off the air, 2014 was a lot different than 2019. So you had 27-year-old Eva Lise, who had been released from WWE, mm-hmm. signing there. There was maybe Impact back then. Ring of Honor, maybe. They didn't really have a women's division. So yeah. hmm. it's wild. It's, it's mean, a wild situation. That's a wild time. I mean, Jerry Lawler just got a new two-year contract with WWE, apparently for more money. And they hardly ever use him. Although I guess he's going to call the Rumble match, the Men's Rumble match. But uh, they use him. Now, here's something I heard. And when I heard this, I thought, only Impact Wrestling. Only yeah. Impact. Because there's a way to manage talent and to and to have a relationship with the talent, a good way, and there's a bad way. Uh, and, of course, you'd leave it to Impact to do it the bad way because Jordan Grace did an interview with HarryWrestlingFan.com, Sean. She sure did. Sure, a massive site, HarryWrestlingFan.com. And in that interview, she said that Impact offered her a contract through a Twitter direct message. Yeah. And I saw that and I thought to myself, I didn't even negotiate with you through a Twitter direct message. I reached out to you initially on Twitter, but only to get your phone number so I could call you up and do the deal on the phone. Isn't that amazing? Twitter negotiated her contract on, or uh, uh, Impact negotiated her contract on Twitter. Only well, Impact Man would do I something guess it, so it unprofessional. It in writing without actually getting it in writing. <laughs> that's that's the confirmation. I guess that's so unprofessional. Do and you know, know the I, guy I, I, I had who who insisted on calling us on the phone all the time that we were working with. Yes, I remember. And I was like, listen, man, I like to negotiate things via email or something where we that way it can't be confused. And I remember he said because I would say I got to clear it with Jimmy Van. And when I when I decided to let this fella go, he said, "Man, why do I feel like he's some guy lurking in the shadows?" And I said, "We're not working with you. He's on screen every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern. Get the bricks. We're done." I was like, "That that's why I sometimes prefer when I agree to terms with people, do it on there." But for that, for that, we don't contract people that way. Yeah, like one See, off. I- I prefer the phone because I've learned over the years that things get lost yeah. in translation with them. And even Matt Riddle. All Matt Riddle did for us was a weekly podcast. That's yeah. all he ever did. And I, I cut the deal with him on the phone. Yeah. Because that's just, I think I did it with Elias too. Like that's just what you do. You know what I mean? So when I heard he, about Jordan Grace. Matt. He, he wanted a different deal at first. Who did? If you remember Matt. Don't really remember he anymore. didn't come to that deal, but uh, we got to go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, uh, we're almost out of time. So a couple, one more thing here, I guess, this week. WWE debuts. So yeah. 
when I look at the debuts this week, Sean, with the possible exception of Nikki Cross, because at least Nikki Cross got a match, uh, it reminded me of the days of the WWF when over a span of like two weeks, they had the Goon, they had Who, they had T.L. Hopper. Do you remember that? Yeah. All these gimmicks came in right around the same time, and they just showed up you know, one week in the ring kind of thing. Yeah. They had EC3 show up on both shows, say not one word, in his gear. On Raw, he walks into Vince's office, says nothing. On SmackDown, he's looking in a the mirror. They have heavy machinery. So they have Otis on Raw basically uh, slobbering all over Alexa Bliss. And on SmackDown, he's drinking a shake with, with a bunch of crap in it. They had, who was the other one? Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans is standing just against a wall. And the camera just happened to catch her as it's, as it's passing by. Talking to Mickey James and Dana Brooke. Those are some of the lamest man debuts after they plugged these video montages for weeks. I kept thinking about who and TL Hopper and the Goon when I saw those. And the other thing I got a question is, what happened to the brand split? Like, why well, are they on both shows? getting looks, et cetera, et cetera. Ah. AEW, they best of luck. They didn't have any plans for them. That's what's going on. They didn't have any plans for them. So they're just throwing them out for the sake of throwing them out? Yeah. <sighs> Lars Sullivan, how's he doing? So I was told that he had a panic attack, didn't go into the venue, heard went home, that. and may not have heard from him since, or some have not heard from him since that usually have, but hope he's okay. Man, he was going to be a monster heel on whatever brand they put him on. Oh yeah, he was going to get a prime spot, at least initially. Oh man. Well, I guess, you know... Mental issues are mental issues, so wish him the best. But man, that's a what what timing on that one? Yeah, that's, that's unfortunate, a, man. That's a I, you got to feel for the guy. I've met him yeah. before; he was a very nice dude. But oh man, that's too bad. That's too bad. All right, man, that's it. Sorry guys, for all my venting this week. It was the Jimmy Van show this week. A lot of creative <laughs> bullshit I had to just get off my chest, Sean. This you know is like saying? driving a Tesla, man. Like I just <laughs> there and I was like. Not that I would know. I, I don't make that kind of money. I had shit to say this week. You did. did. You did. did. I liked it. A lot well, of stupid shit happened in one week. Well, if you guys want to hear me talk, <laughs> I have the Fightful Select uh, podcast or the Fightful Select Report podcast. Somebody just said it's Jimmy Irish. Dutch is correct. Kyler, Kyler yeah. Jim's got it right. People ask what I am. I am Appalachian mutt is what yeah, I am. Makes sense. <laughs> Alistair Black is Dutch too, correct? Yes. Yeah, good for him. There you go. Guys, if you all want to support Fightful.com, head over to our MMA and boxing channel. We're trying to creep up to 1,000 subscribers. That's YouTube.com slash Fightful MMA Boxing. Also, I didn't realize how important iTunes reviews were until recently. Even if you don't listen on iTunes, leave us a nice review over there. That helps. We are on podcast platforms everywhere. Stupid people extended. Coming up on Select, we're out. Subscribe to Fightful on YouTube for the latest exclusive podcasts, interviews, and news across boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.